Hello everyone, under the sound of my voice, welcome to this March 17, 2020 episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Whether you're listening to us on WGPL, WPCE, or WBXE on your radio, or whether you're listening on the internet, or whether you're listening to the podcast, I'm truly honored and glad to have you join in. Marriage and Family Clinic is the broadcast where we break down, discuss, and offer insight into relationship dynamics. We definitely hope to help you identify yourself, identify your motives, become aware of you and who you are and where you're coming from in your relationships, and thereby offer you information, insight, resources, strategy, and inspiration to help you repair, enhance, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Now, I know that I am uh, specifically biased, but uh, again, I believe this program uh, offers us, our listeners, an opportunity to receive exposure of some issues in their life, to receive strategies to deal with some of those issues. And it can be all done there in the confidence in the privacy of your own home, in the confidence of privacy of your own car, on the way to work, from work, uh, wherever you may be going. You can listen to this program and you're the only one who will know how God is impacting you. Unless you choose to tell somebody, I once heard Reverend B.W. Smith say, uh, your, mess, your business wouldn't be in the street if you didn't tell somebody. So if you don't tell nobody, you're the only one who will know that God is working on you through marriage and family clinic. So listen in, keep on listening in, and you can view this program as a grand opportunity. It's a great opportunity to get some things right in your life, get some things right in your relationship, maintain a good quality of life as you grow older, stop being haunted by the past, uh, uh, catch up with your emotions, update your emotions, get yourself healed and move on into life so that God can bless you and use you to be a blessing to others. Now, I'm still in our multi-week series on men and their issues. And actually, since we've been on this subject since early January, it's more than just a multi-week series. It's actually become a multi-month series on men and their issues. And somehow I still feel like we've only scratched the surface of the subject. Uh, there's so much more that we could cover, so much more uh, uh, deeper that we could go into this particular subject. It almost seems like what we've done here is just take the proverbial lid off of Pandora's box. Uh, yet if we've taken the lid off of somebody's Pandora box and we've helped somebody to straighten out some of the mess in their life or just get together in their relationships, get some relationships together, get some forgiveness going, uh, receive some forgiveness, uh, give some forgiveness and just move on out of some stuff that's been haunting you for a long time. If we've done that, just get some things corrected in your life, then we have done what we are supposed to do here at Marriage and Family Clinic. And uh, we are in the multi-month series on men and their issues. And now we're coming down. Now we're coming down to what I think will probably be the last week in this series uh, on today. And uh, we'll close this series out dealing with what I believe is another critical topic for men. And that is the topic of friendship and mentorship the topic of friendship and mentorship. Uh, let me clue you in here. Men need to recognize the value, the worth, and the wisdom 
of having true friends and mentors in our lives. We're missing something without friends and without mentors. We're really missing something. We're missing an element of life that can help make life complete, that can bring uh, a missing piece of the puzzle together, and, and it can really help us go to another level. And that's the value and the worth of, of uh, having friends and mentors in our lives. And you're listening to me today. You need to understand that. You need to take advantage of friends you need to take advantage of mentors. You need that much in your life. Friends and mentors are, are men who come alongside you with a special God type of love. And they walk with you through each season of your life to help you get to other levels in your life. Let me say that again. Get this right here and you'll go a long way. Friends and mentors are men who come alongside you with a special God type of love. They come alongside you and they walk with you through each season of your life to help you get to the next level in your life. Whatever that level may be, there's a friend or a mentor to help you go to another level. And let's begin this subject tonight by talking about friends. Let's begin with friends. When I say friend, I'm not talking about associates with whom you hang with or every now and then. And, and I'm not talking about guys you just go out and play a round of golf with. That's not the friend I'm talking about. When I say friend, I'm not even talking about every man at your church. Even though every man at your church adds value to your life, every man at your church will not be your friend. A friend is a special kind of man. Proverbs 17 and 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and the brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. These two verses come together to give us an accurate and valid application of a friend. Not so much a definition of a friend, but an accurate and a valid application of a friend. It's not so much important how you define friendship. The important thing is that you know the purpose of a friend in your life and you can identify that man who's going to be your friend or who has demonstrated that they will be your friend. So here are two verses that talk about the application of a friend. Uh, a friend loves at all time. Brother born for adversity. Iron sharpens iron. So one man uh, uh, sharpens the countenance of his friend. These two verses describe a friend as one who is loyal to you no matter what. One who is so capable of coming through for you in difficult times that he seems like he was born just for that purpose. And even though both of you have your own personalities that are fully formed, even though both of you are grown men, even though you both have your positions and your interests in life, just like iron, sometimes you're unmovable, you're unbendable, you're unbreakable. When the two of you come together, even in times of conflict, you end up making each other better. Iron rubbing on iron sharpens iron. You end up making each other better. And that's what the scripture is saying to us. You form a relationship and you form a dynamic in that relationship that you know is good for you. That's a friend. That is a friend. That no matter what, whether you up, down, in or out, over or under, 
The two of you together are better than the two of you separated. You're just better together. Even in conflict, you come out of the conflict better than when you went in. When you have a man like that in your life, my brothers, you have a friend. When you have a man who's going to stand by you through thick and thin, when you have a man who's not going to kick you to the curb, no matter what you get yourself into, they know how to cover you. Uh, uh, then you have a friend. Now, and, and I want to unpack these two verses just a little bit more. A man who is loyal to you no matter what, that does not mean that that man does not hold you accountable. A man who's loyal to you no matter what, that doesn't mean the man ignores you when you're wrong. But a man who is loyal to you no matter what, he knows how to support you while he corrects you. He knows how to hold you up and cover you even when you jack it up. He knows how to recover you. He knows how to cover you. He knows how to restore you. He knows how to bring you back. He knows how to keep you from jumping off the ledge, from falling off the edge. A man who is loyal to you no matter what is a man who is convinced of your value and never dismisses you, never diminishes your value, even when you act the opposite of what your value says is true about you. You may act the opposite of the truth about you, but a real friend, they still will not kick you to the curb. They're going to find a way to come alongside you and walk you arm in arm into the light, into the truth of who you are. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're always bigger and better than what you see when you look in the mirror. They'll remind you of your worth even when you forget. They will throw your worth up in your face, even when you feel a little worthless. You can even give him reason to drop you, but he stays. Somebody said a friend is one who walks in when everybody else walks out. Man, brothers, that's a friend. Proverbs 27, 17 speaks of iron sharpening iron. You know, iron is used in building because it maintains its hardness over time through all climate and weather, heat, cold. None of that changes the nature of iron. Even when you strike iron against iron, the only thing that gives away is little pieces of oxidation on the iron that didn't support the iron anyhow. It didn't support the iron's objective anyhow. Well, how does that relate to friendship? I'll tell you how. When you and your true friend have real relationship, true relationship, there will be conflict. Not if, but there will be conflict. It's just a matter of time. But the important thing with true friends is that both these iron personalities, these iron attitudes stuck in their iron positions, both these personalities know that even in conflict, my friend is worth having because after the conflict, I'm coming out better than I was before the conflict. I know me and my friend, we can disagree. 
We can even fall out, but I'm coming out better. It's going to come together. It's going to be real. True friends are not afraid of that conflict, that disagreement. They're not afraid that conflict and disagreement will kill the relationship. They know they have developed a relationship that can stand storms and tests and keep on keeping on making each other better. When you look at the friends in your life and when you eyeball that one that makes you better through thick and thin, you would not be where you are with that one without that one in your life. That's a friend. You were able to go to that friend and confess your wrong. And that friend found a way to restore and to recover you without casting your business in the street. Now you got a friend. That's a friend. You know, remember when your parents used to tell you that you may never have more than just one or two, maybe three real friends. Remember when your mom and daddy told you that? <laughs> they told you, you, you may never have more than two or three real friends in your life. Why would they say such a thing? Have you ever wondered why would they tell you such a thing? Well, they said that to us because they knew the work that was involved in growing a real friendship. If you want a real friendship, if you want the friendship like I'm describing tonight, and you need the friendship like I'm describing, if you want that, it's going to take some work. Believe you me, it's going to take a lot of work. They said that to us because they knew the work that was involved in growing a real friendship. It was worth loving and accepting another person, even when they disagree with you. It's worth loving and accepting another person, even when they hurt you. But it's something about a real friend. When you got a real friend, you cannot fathom that they would intentionally hurt you. So even if they do something to hurt you, to disappoint you, the last thought in your mind is that they did it intentionally. Something must have happened. Something must have gotten the best of him. And even though he hurt me, he needs me now because that's not how friends love one another. It's work in friendship. It's work in developing a real friendship. And now we tell our children, that you may never have more than two or three real friends in your whole life. Why? Because as we've grown up, as we've grown older, as we've reached more seasoned years in life, we found out that it's real work developing real friendship. Real love requires real work. And when you apply real work to real love, you end up with real friendship. The work is significant enough that you don't invest this type of effort into everybody. Hence, only two or three. Oftentimes, you can tell pretty fast who you're going to invest the, the time and the effort into making a friend with. You meet a person sometimes, you can talk to them for two or three minutes. And you know right away, this is not going to be a friend. You don't, you, you're not friendship material. You, 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 you're not, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. I can already tell from talking to you five minutes, you don't have nothing on your mind. You're not going anywhere. You, 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 you don't have anything to sow into me. And when the relationship cannot be mutually beneficial, 
you're not going to be able to establish a friendship. So oftentimes you can talk to a person for five or 10 minutes and you understand already this, this relationship is not going to be mutually beneficial. We can be associates. We can talk about the ball game every now and then. We can go shoot around the golf every now and then. We can go play some tennis every now and then, but we're not going to be close friends. You just don't have it in you. Everybody is not worth the effort that friendship requires. I'm not saying they're not worthwhile. They're not worth it. They're just not worth the effort for you to try and establish a friendship with. And you have to know the difference. And then there are those times when God will kind of providentially link you up with people. And you establish a friendship unexpectedly. You weren't trying. You didn't look for it. You didn't know it was going to come. You didn't know it was going to happen. But before you know it, you have a friend. That's when God links you up providentially. And you know that this relationship is mutually beneficial. All right. Now, uh, friends are made. Friends are made. When people decide that they want to make an emotional investment in another person. Married couples have been described as having love banks. Uh, you can't make a withdrawal without making an equal or greater deposit. And there's a similar dynamic in friendship. Friends are going to have friendship banks, love banks, if you were the same thing. Friendship requires investments of emotion Time, consideration, sensitivity, respect, mutual esteem, honesty, and the list goes on. Those are the investments. You got to make those investments if you're going to have a friendship. Because, like I told you a moment ago, a few moments ago, conflict is going to come. Conflict is going to come. What I mean conflict is going to come? withdrawals are going to be made. I gave you the list of, uh, of investments, emotion, time, consideration, sensitivity, respect, mutual esteem, honesty, other things. Those are the investments. But then you're going to make some withdrawals every now and then also. Withdrawals include inconsideration, insensitivity, dishonesty, cruelty, meanness, disloyalty, injustice. Uh, uh, you know, there's no way to make negative uh, adjectives sound nice. And I'm not saying that this person is going to intentionally treat you this way, but some things are going to happen and there's just not going to be better definitions to describe the things that are happening in the relationship. But you get the idea, right? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reason friendship requires work is because you need a whole lot of investments to make up for just one withdrawal. The pain and the hurt that can come from one withdrawal will require many investments to make up for. I don't know exactly how many, but you need a lot of consideration to make up for just one inconsideration. You need a whole lot of respect and honesty to make up for just one disloyalty. Get my drift here? Get my drift. So you're going to have to have a whole lot of investment. To make up for just one withdrawal. But that's friendship. In short, friendship is work. So you may not have but two or three real friends in all of your life. 
two or three real friends. I found this saying by a man named George Santayana. I have no clue who he is. I don't know where he come from. I don't know when he said it. Don't know what country he was in when he said it. Don't know what year it was when he said it. I don't know anything about it. I just read it in a book and I've got to give this man credit for what he said. I didn't come up with it. He came up with it. And here it is. Friendship is almost always the union of a part of one mind with a part of another. People are friends in spots. Now, this is back with me. This is my saying. The work of friendship is finding those spots where you can mesh. Finding those spots in the other's mind and heart. Finding those spots, revealing, exposing those spots in your mind and in your heart. Finding those spots in the other's mind and heart where the two of you can mesh, can meld together. Can become united. That's the work of friendship. And, and, and here's the great thing about friendship. Once a man is your friend, he's your friend for life. That's awesome. I said, once a man is your friend, he's your friend for life. Time and distance do not diminish your friendship. Have you ever heard that saying that goes, real friends may not have seen each other uh, in several years, but when they get together, they just pick up where they left off the last time? That's a friend. Time and distance does not diminish friendship. I've often heard men say that I'm better friends with women than with men. I want to tell you something. That's a bunch of crap. The truth is you play women better than you play men. Men don't fall for your playing ways. Women will fall for your playing ways because they like the attention. Women accept more of your stuff than men. Men will get to the point where they no longer accept your stuff and they'll call you on it. You're less afraid of women than you are of men and have a bunch of other reasons why this is a bunch of crock. This is a bunch of denial talking about I'm better friends with women than with men. No, you're better at getting over on women than with men. And I have to say that because I always have to give a warning about relationships between the sexes. I've said it before and I'll say it again. A man's good friend ought to be another man. Why? There are the inevitable exchange of emotions, the giving and the receiving of affection, the sharing of secrets, earning of trust, etc., etc. There's a dynamic that grows between the two of you. There's a bonding that comes between the two of you. And this is especially dangerous when a man is married, if not extremely careful, a man could easily infringe on his wife's sense of security and safety because of his closeness with another woman. I, I just need to throw this out here. I'm telling you, man, that it's extremely important for you to have a friend. But I'm adding something to that. That friend ought not be another woman. I didn't say you couldn't talk to women. I didn't say you couldn't be friends with women. But the friendship I'm talking about is not going to be a woman. It's going to be another man. 
Now, I, I, I don't have all the time that I would like to have to talk about mentorship tonight. I'd like to say a whole lot more about friendship also, and I don't have hardly any time to talk about mentorship. But here's the deal with mentorship, though. Every wise man will pray for, seek out, and secure at least one mentor in his life. A mentor is usually an older man of the generation ahead of you who has traveled the road or the roads that you are currently traveling or you will travel. A mentor can provide life-building guidance that can help you traverse the many challenges of life. A mentor can help you expose the areas of your life that you need to work on and help you come up with strategy to help you improve yourself in those areas. A mentor can help you expose the weak areas of your life. A mentor can help you expose the holes in your life and help you develop strategy to fill in the holes and shore up the weak areas of your life so that you can really move to another level in life. There's another facet of a mentor that is very valuable. A mentor, yes, is an older man that you respect enough to allow to call you on your stuff. You won't let everybody call you on your stuff. You reject friends when they try and call you on your stuff. But that mentor, the crux of the mentor-mentee relationship is that the mentor has the privilege and the responsibility of calling you on your stuff. A mentor is not in your life to always agree with you. As a matter of fact, there may be some times when disagreement may seem like a norm in this relationship. And that's not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that you have the wrong man as a mentor. The disagreement is simply the result of the two of you seeing life from different perspectives. You're looking forward into life. Your mentor is looking back on life. So the two of you may disagree from time to time, but the the effect will be the same as iron sharpening iron. It'll make both of you better. And you may not realize it or believe it, but the relationship between the mentor and mentee is good for both the mentor and the mentee. Experiencing the reciprocity in the relationship with you motivates the mentor. It helps him experience purpose and usefulness and makes him feel lively. So when you get a mentor, the relationship is mutually beneficial, just like friendship. And I'm saying to every man listening, every man who will ever listen, you need a mentor who can help prepare you for your future. You're not wise at all going into your future without a strategy and your mentor can help you come up with it. Here's some qualities you're going to look for in a mentor. A mentor needs to be a communicator. He needs to be approachable and available. He needs to be a listener. He needs to be honest and inquisitive. He needs to be objective and wise and he needs to be compassionate and Holy Spirit led. These qualities come together to help you see yourself and your future. I often say that your success in life is determined by how you manage your relationships. Your friendships and your mentorships are two relationships that are critical to your success. Get them right. Get them right. And you'll be that much closer to your destiny. I'm telling you, man, you need friends. And you need mentors. A friend, that peer, 
who can walk alongside you, walk with you through life, help you traverse the vicissitudes of life, the ups and the downs, the overs, the unders, the ins, the outs, the difficulties. A friend is one you can even share your joys with. He'll celebrate them with you. He'll support you in your pains. And he'll correct you when you're wrong. And you need that mentor. You need that mentor. You need the wisdom of the ages. You need wisdom leading you. And that's why it's difficult for peers to lead each other. They're on the same road pretty much. Or very similar roads. You need that mentor who's already been down this road. You need that mentor in your life. You need that age man whom you can look at and just get settled down looking at him. You get aroused in life. Your mentor can come to your mind and you're settled down just listening to him. Listen, let me say this one more time. Your success in life is going to be determined by how you manage your relationships. Your friendships, your mentorships are two relationships that are critical to your success. Get them right and you'll be ever that much closer to your destiny. Hey, listen, I'm out of time. So glad you've joined us this week on Marriage and Family Clinic. If you want to hear this broadcast or any others, you can look up uh, look up our podcast on iTunes or any podcast app or any app that plays podcasts. Just search C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Listen to us on the radio. Listen to us on the internet. And if you get a chance, email me. Let me know that what we're saying to you means something or let me know that I'm wasting my time. You can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com or look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Inbox me there. Hey, I got to get out of here. My time is up. But remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you.